Are you interested in improving your procurement and negotiation skills and understanding? Well, this is the podcast for you. The Procurement Podcast with Andy and Christoph. Hello and welcome to the first Procurement Podcast with me, Andy Franks and Christophe Bayer-Varjou. And uh, the purpose of this podcast is to uh, unlock some of the secrets of procurement and discuss with people uh, around Australia and further afield on the best way to get greater value from procurement, but also to understand how negotiations work and how the personal interfaces with business and people really comes to light. It's, it's really a massive topic. And when you talk about procurement, you know, it's, it's more than just buying goods and services. It's, it's dealing with the organization. It's dealing with suppliers. It's, it's really the, uh, the heart of an organization. It's, 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 all those things are, are interconnected. Absolutely. And what we're trying to do is, as I say, shed some light on this and, and perhaps uh, unpick some of the darker arts of procurement and get people to understand or uh, get to learn, more importantly. So we're not coming to this saying this is how procurement works uh, because there are myriad different uh, approaches and responses and as a result uh, we're trying to just um, uh, understand that ourselves a little bit more. So the goal of those podcasts is obviously to uh, to interview some um, some uh, other um, business uh, individuals uh, procurement savvy and, and non-so procurement savvy as well. Absolutely. And I think it must be a good idea if we introduced ourselves and our, our experience as to uh, why uh, this fascinates us and hopefully uh, interests you as well. Um, I've been a procurement uh, professional for the last 25 years, both in the UK uh, and Australia, working predominantly in the media and print space, but also in a wider range, uh, range of products and services. And procurement itself just lends you, uh, gives you greater exposure to so many different types of businesses. That's right. And, and for me, I'm not um, maybe a little bit younger than Andy, only 20 years <laughs> into procurement. Uh, previously working with uh, or procurement is, is pretty much all I have done my entire life, uh, business consulting in the procurement space. Uh, previously working with Coopers and Library in New York, then PricewaterhouseCoopers in New York before joining uh, Arthur Anderson here in Australia. And for the last 17 plus years uh, with my own consulting firm, BBW Global. So the first question that uh, regularly springs to mind when you go to a dinner party and people say, well, what is it you do, Andy? And I look them blankly in the eyes and say, <laughs> I'm in procurement. Uh, and then they look at, look at me even more blankly and goes, what, so you just buy stuff? Oh, my, my answer is, um, I've tried that answer and it's just <laughs> like the conversation ends very quick. <laughs> so I usually say, I save company money. That's nice. I like that. I'm, I- There'll be many of these little catchphrases which will be worth jotting down and, and passing off as your own during the course of the, the podcast. And that's one of mine. I'm going for that. Yeah, I think yeah, saving people money or understanding, letting people within businesses understand you know, where their money's going and, and why it could be better used and understand perhaps what the purpose of procurement is because occasionally uh, what the, the reality of procurement is and what uh, people's perception are so far apart that it, we're talking about two completely different things. That's correct. It's such a broad topic as well. Uh, procurement, uh, you can talk about purchasing, you can talk about sourcing, you can talk about spend management, you can talk about process improvement, you can talk about uh, cross-functional um, linkage between marketing and procurement, between finance and procurement, uh, between sales and procurement, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a massive topic. Indeed. And I think one of the things that, that businesses obviously, obviously often concur is 
that procurement itself is is just a negotiation, but then life is just a negotiation with various different parts of organisations and people internally and externally. And hopefully one of the things that will come out through these podcasts over the coming months are some procurement and, more importantly, negotiation techniques that various different experts use to enable them and their businesses to get the greatest value. Now, the greatest value isn't always... The, what is the greatest value? Well, exactly. It isn't always the lowest price. Um, and that's one of the, the, the questions we want to get answered. You know, you know, what is procurement? What is the greatest value? You know, what does it actually really mean to businesses? And how do people go about it? Why do people go about it? And, you know, quite often that question, you know, how and why, uh, comes in, in the wrong order. You say, you know, well, how, how do we do this? Well, we, we buy really well because, but why do we do this? Perhaps that should be the question. That, that's right. You know, what is the end uh, the end game of procurement? And and procurement is more than than just a mechanic. It's more than just a methodology on how to buy better. It's also uh, the human interaction into procurement is very emotive as well because you have two people negotiating for something, and you don't want this to be a lose lose situation. You want this to be a win win and not a win lose. Absolutely. Um, and whichever approach that you use in your in your negotiation uh, techniques, um, you know, will dictate uh, that long term viability with the contract uh, that you have between a buyer and a seller. Indeed, and I think one of the uh, aspects that might be worth sort of highlighting and, and appreciate that this podcast will potentially uh, go to a wide range of uh, procurement specialists. Some people have been doing it for years and will be very familiar and and even more, far more familiar with uh, best practice as it's perceived. And also there'll be procurement beginners who want to try and pick up a few tips and understanding of the way it goes. So perhaps if we can almost get back to sort of point point A in terms of the the difference between good outcomes. I know we're doing this the wrong mm. way around, but you know, you, you mentioned win win, win lose, lose win and and lose lose. lose, lose yeah. yeah. And uh, and that is one of the, the the fascinating things that I find about you know negotiating and procurement is some people go in with one very clear set of, of parameters and expectations and it isn't about what's good for their business. It's just as long as they win and that ultimately can become a lose-lose situation for both people because if they end up buying a a product or a service that has a negative impact on their organisation, then what's the point of doing that in the first place? That's right. If you go into a negotiation as a a procurement uh, professional and part of your bonus is uh, a high percentage of your bonus relying on how much money you've saved the organization. What are you going to do? Uh, glory days. Glory. You know? <laughs> well, you stiff the company and <laughs> you, you do the worst deal possible for the company. No, joke, all joking aside, that, that, that is does happen, yeah. very, it's a very common factor. Uh, and that, again, comes back to what is procurement? What is the purpose of procurement? Uh, and how can it best uh, suit a business? And, and do all businesses need procurement? Uh, mm. And... You know, it might well be maybe not all businesses need a procurement department, but they do need a strong procurement mentality, uh, which will enable whether it's the chief exec or the the receptionist, you know, either way to be able to understand if they're spending money on behalf of the business or they're they're procuring a service for the business that they're getting the best best deal out of it. But coming back to how procurement people are remunerated. Uh, 
without doubt, those businesses where uh, you're bonused on how much money you save as a percentage uh, is quite often uh, uh, can become a very sort of self-defeating yes. uh, scenario. It's interesting, you know, where, where you know when clients ask us, you know, can you come and, and help us save money? It's like the question in my mind is always, where do you start? What is the number one element that you need to look at in order to increase and improve that whole procurement function? So if the uh, the end game is to obviously uh, save money, then obviously you need to know what you're buying. Um, but if the end game is to increase the uh, the efficiency of the procurement function within the organization, then the starting point is a bit different. Yeah. And some organization may have a procurement function already in place, a procurement department with well-defined roles. Um, some may have well-defined roles, but the people actually do something else. Yes. <laughs> that happens a lot. Uh, and some organization may not have a well-defined procurement department where everyone does the best that they can. And and all this impacts, you know, the way procurement is effective and efficient within an organization. So if we uh, if we start with the uh, the procurement function saying look procurement is much like someone it's someone that needs to be fit yeah someone that has to be a good diet yeah and that could be marketing absolutely someone that has um, you know a good fitness regime and that yeah. could be the link with finance yeah um, everyone needs to behave differently in terms of your in terms of the training absolutely and i think it, it is it is with most effective businesses it's about having a, an holistic approach to to business and to uh, and to procurement itself and uh, procurement can't work in isolation um, i think that's one thing that most uh, of the people that we're looking to to interview and talk with over the coming months would hopefully agree with um, and those procurement functions that work in isolation most probably is a good sign of a, of a dysfunctional business. Um, and any department, really, that works in complete isolation, I suppose, not just procurement. Mm. You know, everybody from IT through to finance through to sales. Actually, sales always works in isolation. Uh, that, sales <laughs> always win, no? Yeah, of course. <laughs> because without sales, then... But you'll be surprised, you know, in, uh, in my years of consulting, the number of times where I had to introduce the procurement department... Two other departments within wow. the business. Really? Actually, here this, this is Joe. Yeah. Bob, meet Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, that's uh, yeah. I, I I suppose I should be surprised, but I'm not. Um, I think it, it certainly, whilst uh, businesses or procurement functions might be on the same floor as another department, quite often actually the very fact that they're two desks away, you know, that's a massive uh, river for them to cross. And they. What do you think this is happening? You think? Well, I think. One of the potential uh, scenarios has been that procurement has undersold itself and doesn't completely understand its own value uh, to any organisation. It seems, certainly in smaller organisations, uh, particularly those owner-manager organisations that then become bigger businesses, that the power of buying resides with an individual. Uh, and then when the need to buy more and more uh, products or services gets broader. Perhaps the the underlying you know, there's an underlying cultural thread, which is this is how we buy, this is how we treat our our, our suppliers. Uh, but at the same time, organisations get bigger, a procurement function is formed. There seems to be a need to give it give it a new dynamic and a new a new sort of um, credo, uh, and quite often. That's not clearly articulated. Mm. People don't 
sit down with procurement functions in the way that marketing teams and sales teams and editorial teams, if it's in the in the in a media sense uh, or a creative team, they don't sit down and say, "Well, why why are we doing? What are the, what is the purpose of this?" It is, well, your procurement, you just procure. But that, you know, as we've already touched yeah, on, too much of a handover function. Say, look, we've done our bit. Now you yeah. go and do your bit, yeah. and um, and then come back to us with the best price. And it might well be that the 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 the, uh, the, the challenge that procurement is, is face or is facing is a far greater uh, holistic understanding of what the organisation requirements are. Because if you look at it purely from a numbers perspective, you know, well, we used to buy this for this price. Uh, and now we want to buy the same thing for 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 a cheaper price. Actually, the business requirement might have moved on. Mm. They don't need this anymore. They need that. Uh, and that's I think a you, you've just opened another can of worm. <laughs> is is where procurement sits within the organisation to give it that voice, yeah. and who does it report to? Uh, very often, you know, that limits uh, the power of procurement. If you don't have a a seat at a at a at the table at the yeah. table at yeah. a strategic table. Um, it's uh, it becomes oh they will do it uh, as opposed to being involved into the decision making. Yeah, and, and I think that's very true. I think you know, for for many organisations, procurement sits in the finance team, uh, and from my own past experience, when that happens, uh, the finance team needs to have a very clear understanding of what that really means, uh, what procurement really means, and that for, for one business, uh, it was all about. Uh, establishing a procure-to-pay solution as opposed to um, uh, actually uh, enabling negotiations to become you know, better, smarter, sharper. It was really just about the service uh, uh, in terms of managing you know, accounts payable. Mm-hmm. And so should procurement sit in, in finance? That's one question. You know, should it sit as a standalone entity and then if it then creates that standalone position. Is that what you call a chief procurement officer? Well, there and are... One of those, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there are, yeah, there are, and have <laughs> been CPOs, uh, and, you know, they have a they have a place at the, at the, at the board, but there are, uh, as with all these aspects, all businesses and all boards, there are potential, there's potential for real genuine conflict there, and that in itself makes it quite a, um, a, a challenge. And I think for procurement, I think procurement, benefits from being at the, ta- the, at the head table. But at the same time, it needs to be a facilitator for the business. I agree. Yeah. Um, because if it becomes a function of, it, of its own accord, it has its own life. Um, and you see that in, you know, I haven't served in the armed services, but conversations I've had with people within the armed services it almost becomes like, you know, well, yeah, how important is the catering call? <laughs> Pretty important, but it isn't the reason you know that that we have an army yeah, to have yeah, a catering yeah. call. You know, the catering call's value is understood, and there's a huge amount of support for what they do. But at the same time, the catering call is a facilitator to enable the forces to 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 operate properly. Which is potentially, I'm not necessarily comparing procurement to to potato peelers in uh, uh, to the barracks, but um, there is still a need for procurement to recognise um, the service value that it brings and the facilitation value that it brings, as opposed to we just go out and do the best deals. That's equally the same as a sales team just going out and, and particularly if they're, if they're sales on the sales and marketing side and trying to get additional revenue in from third parties, uh, that gives a rise to 
conflict. And once again, the business sort of, you know, finance team going, well, we're going over budget because the sales team. So, so a much more integrated approach between procurement and the other functions um, uh, is probably, you know. Um, I, I would imagine, again, and, and that's a question, you know, for, for our fourth, you know, for the guests that we're going to uh, be speaking to is, you know, what, where does procurement really sit in this? You know, where does uh, where does the the real value uh, come, and uh, and how integrated can they be? Uh, and can can procurement function become too integrated? I don't see how that's possible. Uh, but if it's just worked in isolation, it's like, well, we want this, we can we must only have this, and we want you to get a better price. Well, you you've already been hamstrung by your own by your own team. Yes. Um, say, for example, if it's a car fleet, for example, and the car, you know, whoever's in charge of that decision decides my car fleet uh, has got to be made up of it's got to be this brand, this color, uh, and this engine capacity, uh, and I want you to buy it from this uh, supplier, supplier the car manufacturer, this supplier. Then, how much leeway does that give you? Okay, of course you can you can finesse the situation with with the the person you are going to buy from and you can pretend to be buying from somebody else but the reality of it is if they don't come to the party on on the the numbers then you have to go back to your business and say i can't get you the deal that i want that you want and that might well you know see show procurement in a bad light more importantly, it might put the company into a, into a, a bad position because they're not able to to deliver on the requirements that mm. they've they've committed to. And if finance is in charge of procurement. They, you know, it is a case of this is this was our budget last year. Uh, we want you to cut by whatever percentage, or at least match. You know, and you said, well, yeah, I say I've got experience in the in the and in the the uh, Newspaper and, and magazine world and paper is obviously a major yes. component. And uh, without conversation to the procurement function, budgets would be set uh, that would say, okay, we, we'll, we'll hold our paper prices. And you just say, well, as there is currently now, there's global paper price increases of between 10% per quarter. And you try and manage that. Wow. And, and they will say, well, you know, you've, this is in the budget. and. What do you start? Yeah, it will be interesting to have those conversations on the uh, on the global procurement topic, uh, but also on the category by category uh, aspect as well, because yeah. each category has its own, you know, uh, strategic approach as well. Uh, yeah. Whether that category is critical to the business, whether that category is, mm-hmm. is act as a support function of the business, um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Procurement is really the core to me; is the heart of of an organization, but. Maybe because well, I'm yeah. a procurement expert. Yeah, and, uh, I'm yeah. sure a salesperson and the marketing ex- person will say, "Well, marketing is at the core." Of call course, I, I'd expect you to say nothing less from <laughs> from, from your business perspective, and uh, and also from from mine, from Bright Sky Clear Mind. I think there's a real there's a real requirement. Um, you say, well, of course, procurement's uh, essential, but there are so many questions that I'm really looking forward to asking uh, our forthcoming guests. Um, and certainly, if anybody wants to contact us, what's the best way yes. to do? So any questions you may uh, you may have, you can email us at info at procurementpodcast.com. Um, very professional, that is. I know, I just made that up right now, and uh, <laughs> yeah. the email will be up by the time you listen to it. Fantastic. 
Well, that'd be great. So if, if anybody does have any any questions that you'd like us to um, address ourselves or uh, perhaps more importantly to, to pose to to our forthcoming guests on on the podcast, then please don't hesitate to get in touch at info at uh, procurementpodcast.com. Um, and uh, we will be back uh, in the very near future to uh, hopefully uh, – start to delve a bit deeper into procurement and to ask some uh, professionals what their view is, you know, you know, those key questions, you know, what is procurement? You know, why bother having a procurement function? How best can procurement operate? And you know, what what does success look like in a negotiation? And, and that whole aspect around negotiation yeah. success is something that uh, everybody, whether they're you know, in business or at home, at school, um, you know, what what is a successful negotiation? Well, what like? is a success? You know, is it a, is it a price uh, drop? Is it a long term relationship that operates very seamlessly? You know, across mm-hmm. the lifetime of the contract, uh, is a good outcome. Um, a way to transition from a an existing suppliers at the end of the contract to a new suppliers. Have you got all the tools and all the knowledge in place to ensure that that future negotiation is nice and smooth, and you got all the information uh, necessary to do that? I can see a little smile no, on no, your face. It's, no, it's, so it's, very <laughs> often the contracts, yeah, 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 that's all right. Uh, yeah. The risk, uh, we don't worry too much about the risk. Yeah. Uh, we'll deal with them when they come. But when they do come, then it's too late. So what do you do? You yeah. extend an existing contract that is not necessarily the best contract, Absolutely. and then you extend it again, and then you extend it again, and then you realize you don't have all the spend data and you don't know what you bought, <laughs> and you have to ask the suppliers that is might lose the contract for all that information. So it's plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. And if you are a procurement uh, professional that you would like to contribute to those podcasts, and like to participate in those interviews, please contact us as well. Yeah, that I think that'd be fantastic. And, and literally in the last minute or so, obviously, posed a number of questions, all of which you know do bring a, a wry smile to to most procurement professionals' uh, faces, simply because they're very common. And you'll find one or some, or hopefully not all of those challenges uh, come along at some stage in your career. Um, so, really hope you've enjoyed. Uh, this first uh, procurement podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, in the very near future. Uh, and don't forget to, um, uh, if you can, uh, recommend us on all the various uh, outlets that uh, wherever you picked up this podcast from, that would be fantastic. And again, uh, you can contact us at info at procurementpodcast.com and there'll be and, a website. Yeah, a website where you can subscribe as well. So subscribe to make sure that you receive the latest the podcast. Yes, yeah. subscribe. Subscribe. And so you can listen to it in the car, in the train, in transit. Yeah, um, and any feedback will be gratefully received and, and whether you think the podcasts are, you know, what would the ideal length for you? What, you know, basically, how long is your train journey to work? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, in the meantime, um, from Christoph and I, uh, thank you very much indeed for your time and uh, we'll be back very soon. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Procurement Podcast with Andy and Christoph. For more information, please visit our website, procurementpodcast.com, and feel free to email us your questions at info at procurementpodcast.com.